Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. And this is podcast episode number 100. We have finally arrived at 100, and I'm so delighted to welcome my guest today, Miss Colette Phillip. Hello, Colette. Hello. How are you? Yes, I'm good, thank you. Um, uh, yes, it's brilliant. Delighted to be the hundredth podcast. I know, I know. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm a bit sad because <laughs> I'm taking a long break <laughs> after this, but it's well needed. But yes, welcome and thank you so much for being the one hundredth guest on the podcast. So Colette is an owner and strategist. She is the founder of Brand By Me. So Colette, I'm going to just tell everyone a little bit about you before we begin, okay? So Colette runs Brand and Strategy Consultancy, Brand By Me. She's a passionate, she is passionate about helping companies and organizations unlock the power of their brands to transform, changing the way they do business, changing perceptions and attitudes, and even the very way we live our everyday lives. Colette has spent the last 18 years creating strategy and communication for a multitude of brands. She spent the first half of her career working at leading London agencies, such as Gray, Leo Burnett, and URSCG on major household names before moving client-side to work for Barnardo's, T-Mobile EE, and World Animal Protection, formerly known as WSPA, building and leading brands from the inside. This breadth of experience, her love of brand and strategy, and her passion for social justice and making a difference led her to start up her own strategy consultancy. Brand by Me helps ambitious organizations build brilliant brands that win, creating wins for customers, wins for businesses, and wins for the world around us too. Brand by Me recently won Creative Business of the Year 2018. I saw that. That was very exciting. Yay. Congratulations at the Precious Awards. And Colette was highly commended in the Independent Consultancy category at the 2018 Women in Marketing Awards. Yes. Wonderful. Yay. Welcome, Colette. Thank you. Yeah. Is that you? you? So, you know, when guests come on the show, I think it's really weird when I read their bio. I think it's weird for them when I read their bio. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, it is weird. It is weird. I'm not going to lie, it is weird. I, listening to it, I'm like, okay, yeah. Okay, that, I mean, it is me, yes. I can yeah. confirm that is definitely me. Yeah. Uh, people but, people yeah. always say they feel yeah. uncomfortable. It's like, are you really reading about me? I'm like, yeah, that illustrious bio is you, my dear. It's all you. It's all your good work. So welcome to the podcast. So today... Colette and I are going to be discussing a very interesting topic, a clear strategy to create a stellar business. So Colette, before we jump into the topic, uh, I mean, we, we know a bit about you and, and where you started and so on and so forth, but what, what piqued your interest in branding? Because branding is a relatively new um, area in business. I mean, it, it span, it came out of marketing, correct me if I'm wrong, it emanated from marketing, but I mean, I'm 40 now. So in my day, I can actually say that in my day, there was no branding when I was younger, you know, business, it was just marketing. So how did you get into branding? And did you always know that you like this area of business? Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. Well, although there's not branding as a, a concept and maybe a discipline is fairly new, Brands aren't new. Mm. Um, there have been brands. I think there's a documented memo from 
Procter and Gamble um, in the 50s where their marketing department refers to a brand for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, and in my bio it says, I started life in advertising. Mm-hmm. And obviously I worked in advertising before there were branding agencies. But when I worked in advertising and you're doing sort of TV campaigns for very big brands, inevitably in order to distill what a business or what a brand was about in 30 seconds or less, you'd need to really truly understand what that brand, who it was and what it's and maybe what it wanted to say. And there weren't really brand agencies that did that. You know, you might have a packaging agency that designed the logo, but you wouldn't have um, sort of someone that's a brand. So as part of the agency, you'd, you'd ask the questions that would maybe help your clients tell you about the brand. And that's what really got my interest in brands generally was working on and maybe um, they, um, the impacts that brands have. So the fact that brands can lead popular culture, brands can change the way we think about um, concepts, brands can create concepts that then live as part of our everyday language. And that's what I loved about advertising. I loved seeing how the campaigns I was working on would be seen and known and people would relate to them. And that's what really piqued my interest. Mm. Um, in brands first of all really it was that it was that relationship between brands and people um, mm. that I found really interesting and and from there um, it was I guess then moving into um, moving to work you know within an organization so I worked at a big children's charity here in the UK and um, understanding what the brands well certainly what developing a brand meant for that children's charity so very different to a commercial organization but Mm. the power and impact it could have was what really fired my passion even more because Mm. when you start building brands for causes and changing the way that people feel about issues and using brands to help communicate very complex and emotive issues it Mm. can become very powerful and make a real difference in the world and I guess that's the combination of those things led me really to, to where I am today. Mm, fascinating, fascinating. You know, we live in the era of brands, don't we? Um, I mean, yeah. I've, I've interviewed some other people on the podcast, but mainly in, in the Caribbean region about branding and brand influencers and how to develop your brand. And it's all brands now. We live in this branded world, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. I think the idea of creating a brand is that, you know, we've, we just have access to so many more choices and options than we have, than previously any other generations had. Um, and what, why, I guess the emphasis on brands has grown is because branding it, so giving it a clear identity, putting out that sense of, as I said, who you are, what you stand for, how you're different, putting that out into the world helps us all navigate these, you know, just endless array of choices and helps us pick the things, whether it's the people or the products or the services or the organizations that Mm. really chime with who we are. And Mm. that's why everything has become so brand centric because actually when you have so many choices, you need something to help you navigate those and pick between them. Mm. And I, I'm, I'm really intrigued by what you said earlier about 
brands help us to, did you say change the world and help us to be sort of better people or something along those lines? Yeah, I, I, I said that the, the brands help, uh, brands can help people mm. understand complex causes mm. and understand what, what we need to change and what their role is in it. Now, when I say brands, obviously not every brand does that. Some mm. brands tell us what washing powder to choose. Right. Um, but the, I guess the concept, the role of some brands, and particularly in the nonprofit sector, building a brand around organizations, building brands, organizations in that sector that build brands, it really is helping people understand the cause and what they can do to address that cause or address that issue. Mm, I like that. Interesting. Mm. I really and like interestingly, mm. yeah, the other thing is that then commercial organisations, so commercial brands are also starting to maybe think about the role they play in helping the world and be starting to try and align themselves to causes too. So um, the really good example is um, a brand, so it's a feminine care brand um, mm. called, I think called whisper in some places in the world always in the uk but it's called whisper in some other places in the us mm. um they do a lot of work um with organizations about helping um young women in um the um the developing world get access to education for example mm. and because they are a feminine hygiene brand and product um, and they work in the world to give people first and foremost access to those products and they've taken it one step further and are now really active about um, giving girls opportunities, opportunities to education, because, you know, um, feminine hygiene is really tied up in that. And it's one of the barriers to people wanting to go um, to young women wanting to go to school in some parts of the world. Right. So they've, it's really interesting how that brand has extended beyond just offering a product into having a position and, and, and making a statement about a wider issue that mm -hmm. is, is, is very present in some parts of the world. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And do you think that's why brands have become so powerful over the years? That's one of the main um, reasons. Yeah, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons. I think the other thing is that the, the institutions that we quickly have placed, placed our trust in have let us down. So everything from banks mm. to, um, um, to politicians mm -hmm. to, you know, educators, um, where... Um, the church even and, and religions not that i'm saying anything about it but any sort of in, oh, we've lost trust in institutions and organizations mm -hmm. yeah an organization and a gap's opened up so then mm -hmm. it becomes about and not that i'm saying that brands replace that it's just a, a gap opens up and so individuals and and coalitions of organizations and causes have moved into filling that gap yeah because you know organized religion has let a lot of us down um, mm. because it's become less about the spirituality and the do good and more about power and structures and systems within faith and school education has let us down. Governments have let us down. The big corporations, everyone has let us down. So yeah, you're absolutely right. I haven't thought of it in that way, but brands are definitely filling a gap. And now that the branding scene is so varied, everybody's coming in and, and I guess getting their piece of of the pie but do you think this is it is this going to be around forever or do you believe it's going to evolve into something else oh i can't i can't look into my crystal ball mm. 
Um, I'm always say, curious about these trends in business, you know? Like, what's going to yeah, happen? I think the concept of brand, even like in the UK, has been around from sort of Victorian times. Mm. So I can't see it going away. Mm. How those brands interact with people and, and what they stand for might undoubtedly change. Yeah. Um, but I think the concept of, um, you know, creating clear identities around what you do and maybe talking rather than that about why you exist, how you're, how, how you, what you're, think, what, how you're more relevant than other things or whatever. I, the concept of branding will continue to exist. I think mm. the way that, as I said, brands relate to audiences will, will definitely change because it always does with of technology and whatever wider world and maybe the roles that brands play and the expectation about what a brand needs to do will also change because that is something that has as well um but if brands you know the brand branding and the discipline inside and also i guess over time i think and you're seeing it with this generation now Mm. but certainly on a personal level the, the idea of branding and and creating i guess on a personal level what that looks like is very intuitive to sort of the current generation of young people coming through. Mm. And so I think that whether or not, you know, people will need experts to help them with their brand or whether it will just be one of those things a bit now, like now you don't necessarily have experts to help you email, you know, some people do that for themselves. You know, there'll be, I think probably that will be something that will be an evolution, but um, you know, that's not in the near, um, maybe not in the near future, but I guess some of the things, skill sets, you know, needed experts to help us with will become second nature to future generations. Right, right. I mean, when we think of the world, when I, I can speak of myself, when I think of the world's most recognizable, strongest, best and biggest brand, the first company that comes to mind is Apple. Mm. Apple for me. Um, for somebody else, it might be something else. What, what, what brand comes to mind when you think of the biggest, best sort of most recognizable brand in the world oh, i mean loads of apple yeah. google mcdonald's oh god yeah. um, um uh amazon UNICEF is one from a non-profitable yeah non-profit space amazon's another one mm. um yeah. i yeah I, yeah any number of disney um, disney's quite uh, big. Disney's one yeah as well yeah. another one yeah there are any number of really um big brands um, that sort of, yeah, that are recognizable to people. Yeah. Interestingly, what is also interesting is ones that people don't, um, well, you think people recognize, but they really don't. Um, um, but yeah, I think there are any number of big brands. And I think what's interesting is brands, the strength of brands. So the, the, um, the you know, the growth in Apple, in, you know, or Google, for example, these things didn't exist a lot of 20 years ago. So you've got something like that, um, Disney that's been around since the 50s and then you've got relatively new brands Amazon there are relatively new brands in there now that have you know relatively new organizations that have, have, have suddenly become an, an, a, you know power brands right. over time so it's amazing how quickly those associations can be built um, yeah mm-hmm. and despite despite Disney being around much longer than Google they're still both powerful in their own right yeah one reflects a- one reflects the generation of now one reflects a uh, generation of the past I mean when Walt Disney created Disney World I want you know it was all about the experience and it's still about the experience a live experience but Google is just something completely different but they're both amazing in their own right so yeah so 
clear strategy to create a stellar business. What is a clear strategy? How do we design one? And I guess, what is a stellar business? How do we define what a stellar business is? <laughs> okay, so I'll start with clear strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, so strategy for me is around three things. Mm-hmm. It's about having ambitious vision. Um, so, you know, clear strategy starts with ambitious vision because it, your strategy should take you beyond what you can just do naturally anyway on a day-to-day basis. Mm. Um, I think there is something about ambitious vision. I think the second thing is about giving a very clear sense of direction. Um, So a direction being, you know, the way that you need to go and an overall, um, but very clear sense of direction. And then the third aspect of strategy that's really important is about tangible action. Mm. Because if you have a strategy that's all vision and direction but there's nothing there to say actually this is what we're going to deliver that it just won't happen um and it's funny people often think that tactics sit outside of strategy i think you know tactics short-term tactics do but your strategy should still have a sense of the actions that you're going to take um that will then be delivered through different tactics there's really important sort of that practical action element of it is really important so they're the three things for me around the clear um, strategy is around ambitious vision, a very strong sense of direction and tangible actions to deliver it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think on a stellar business, oh, I don't know, stellar mm-hmm. meaning, um, I guess a business that is achieving above and beyond mm-hmm. what others in the sector are doing, oh. a business that is standing out from a standing out and that people are, um, you know, taking notice of, but also a business that is over delivering on its promise to its customers or clients. Mm. Mm. So those two things, I guess, Stella is about, yeah, standing out from it, the, the competition and doing things differently, but also fundamentally over delivering for its customers and clients, because I think, Without those three elements, I think anyone, without those three things, it can't really be a stellar business. So if you were standing out, um, if you were standing out and maybe doing things differently, but your customers weren't happy, that you're not going to have a business. Mm. If you're sticking over, maybe it's, if you're not standing out, but you're doing stuff for your clients, then of course it's a business, but it's not maybe, um, it's not able to stand out and get noticed. So maybe that's for me, the, the elements of a stellar business. Wow. And, and all of those things will eventually lead to profitability because uh, that, that's, that's big for people too. Oh, um, and not eventually. I think they will directly yeah. and very quickly lead. And, and I guess, I guess instead of business, I'm sorry, that probably is a fourth one, is that it wouldn't be a business if those things were not financially viable and, and, and leading to financial success. Even actually, and that's interesting, in a non-profit environment, because mm-hmm. just it doesn't mean non-profit doesn't mean you're not earning profits mm-hmm. it means those profits are going back into directly into a, a, or against the cause mm-hmm. so it's not to say that a non-profit is should be making zero profit that's not a viable business right. but the, the non-profit bit is that the profits are not um are being channeled back into um activities that are serving the cause definitely, definitely. rather than you know just sitting there on, on the balance yes Perfect. So how do we begin? Where do we start? How do we create these stellar businesses? What kind of strategy do we have to put in place from a branding perspective, obviously? Mm -hmm. 
Um, so for me, the 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 starting point, I, I guess, there's a few key activities that you you need to do to really look at how you can use your brand to step change your business. Um, the first step is really understanding your brand and what that is today. And you do that in two ways. One is obviously asking your customers and clients. Now, what you can't do is just go, what's your brand? Because people won't give you a meaningful answer. But if you say things, if you, if you do things like ask people to describe you in a few words, or what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of us, this will give you a sense of the brand. And if, you know, people, businesses can't do that themselves, it's worth working with someone, you know, to help you to do that. Mm. Um, the second and understanding really and truly the eyes of your audience what your strengths and also your weaknesses are because that's really important mm. um, it's then about um, I guess creating a very clear framework that articulates and describes your brand and puts it in you know supports it down on paper and the framework that I believe that all businesses really need in terms of your brand um, and brand I'll talk about maybe not the visual side of it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the sort of building blocks that sit behind it, the strategy that sits underpinning it. Mm. So that's around, that, that framework is around your vision. I've talked about already. Mm-hmm. Your, per, your purpose. So your purpose is why you exist, what you're in the world to do, and being clear on that. Your personality. So how you do things in your own way, how you do things in your own distinct way. Mm. And finally, your values, the principles and the thing, the principles that you stand by. Mm. um that you know like your own personal values the things you value the principles that you stand by and the, the principles by which you do business and i think those four things so having an understanding of what your brand is in the mind of your consumers but also setting down that framework is really where you start because what that does is helps you understand who you are what you stand for how you're different and also the ambition where you want to go Mm. and from there it's about you then then sort of applying that to your business so you know if you've set a vision it's looking at okay what do we need to do to get there Mm. if your purpose um if you if you've understood your purpose correctly this is why you exist it's okay how are we delivering on on that at the moment and what do we need to do differently to make sure we continue to deliver that for our clients what do our customers or clients expect from us if this is our purpose Mm. your personality okay how do we do it differently and if we say this is how we do it differently how can we keep doing that consistently what mm. do we need to do differently how and, and also what that looks like in the outside world what does that look like in terms of what we look like what we sound like how we speak to our customers what our products do mm. um, and then finally values what are our principles what are the uh, non-negotiables that's how i define values and the non-negotiable yeah, principles yeah mm-hmm. that abide. so what are our non-negotiables and how do we stick by them if we're bringing people into our business or we have employees how are they delivering on our values how are we making sure that everybody is clear on our non-negotiables um mm. and that's the strategy part of it all those kind of how questions how how are we doing it how do we deliver it what do we need to do differently that's mm. the strategy part of it um and from there, I guess the, the thing around the seller business is that what I've just said to you now is that you can't do all those things yourself. You can't. Everyone is not good at everything. The biggest thing around um, um, the, the brilliant businesses, and this is even some of the brands we've talked about, the Googles, the Apples, is that they're able to focus on what they do well mm. and they bring in and work with both inter, you know, staff but also external partners 
that enable them to do other things that they just can't do. And that's as important for a small business as it is for a mega business. And brand is one of those things that it's really important to invest in, invest in the right activities and the right people. So not if you're trying to just do everything yourself, you will become undone. Everything in-house, everything just you, you will get undone because that won't, that won't build you a stellar business because nobody, no matter how great you are, is great at everything. Mm. And it, that's, that's absolutely fine because actually the idea is that you partner, develop relationships with, you pay for, you outsource the things you're not great at to people that are great at that and use your brand, the criteria for how they deliver for you. Mm. And, and I guess if that makes sense, a clear strategy, stellar business um, and how a brand, how to build a brand that delivers that, that's what I would say. Mm, I love that what you said about uh, purpose. Purpose is really important, I think. You know, why are you doing what you're doing, right? And and yeah. sort of, uh, I guess, when I think of purpose, I also think, and your clients, I guess I think of a promise. What's, what's your promise that you that you plan to make to your supporters or your customers or your clients or, or whatnot? And how does your purpose serve that promise? I agree. I think yeah. the importance of purpose, I mean, you know, when you said to me, and it was a, a really um, brilliant observation is that branding broke away from marketing as its own thing relatively recently. Mm. Um, that step change really happened when, um, with the understanding of the importance of purpose mm. and using your purpose to drive everything you do, mm. um, that the whole discipline around kind of defining and helping business develop it, develop purpose ended up sitting with brand specialists because it just does. Mm. And that, that understanding of the importance, whether it's businesses or organizations, when people understand the importance of that and needing to help someone to find people to help you articulate that, look at what it means to deliver. As you said, that step change help brand agencies maybe step outside of, broader marketing as a discipline and actually become a specific discipline of its own mm. um, and actually it was a leadership book called um start with why by simon sinek that yes. kick-started that change that's a leadership book it, mm. his, his ted talk is called how great leaders inspire actions it's mm. not called how to build great brands mm. he uses brands as the example because we talked about before the changing laws that brands have in the world but actually that that talk all designed at leaders and it just, it just so happened that what he was talking about and the way he said it, he brands the example. And then branding agencies looked up and were like, actually, he's absolutely right. Mm. Purpose is key for brands. And that is the key to building a brand as opposed to just marketing a product. Mm. Is the idea of helping people understand, live and deliver a purpose. Yeah. Because I mean, like I, I said in my day, because... I, I mean, when I was growing up, I just remember there was always marketing. You know, when you looked on TV, it was always marketing. You had a product and they would create a jingle and to sell that product. And you would always have that jingle in your head. <laughs> and that's how you remember that particular product and you would buy that product. But I don't ever recall there being this concept of brand identity and brand personality and purpose and, and all of this other stuff. So it's, it's, it's a massive change, but it's, it's amazing now that a brand must have a personality and an identity and a voice. And it's, it's, I, I think it's great. 
I think it's great. Yeah, and, and, and to be clear, those things did exist because as I talked about, I worked in advertising. Mm. You can't write a jingle mm. unless you had some implicit sense of those things. Mm. The why that brand existed, okay. what, yeah. um, you know, what, that, what, what was different about that, that, that thing that you were writing the jingle on, yeah. um, you know, what, what, what was great about it. It's just that those things weren't called brand mm. and they were implicit, just implicit. Got so it. what the element, the discipline of brand does is makes it explicit and in making it explicit, it gives you as an organization, but then also your, so it gives you as an organization something to live up to and it gives your customers and clients something to expect from you. Mm. So it wasn't that so much, you know, um, as I said, branding, you know, there are ads in the UK that date back to um, the markets of Victorian times and mm. those things had a very clear product they had a very clear selling point yeah. so there were the first elements of brand it's just it wasn't necessarily understood how maybe those different elements work together mm. or the fact that you can't have them all separate so you can't have a brand personality that says one thing and then your purpose is the exact opposite of that or you know do these things in isolation or have a really clear personality, but no sense of your purpose. No, mm. you must have all those things working together and that's in the branding. Got it, got it. So I want to, if, if we can, uh, almost like um, say I am a client or a potential client, okay? And I'm coming to you, I need your help. I'm trying to build a brand and I have no idea what I'm doing. Can you kind of walk us through or give us some idea of how you, how you would help your client. Yeah. Um, maybe what are some of the questions you would ask, you know, that kind of thing. Let, and for this audience, our listening audience are all early stage female entrepreneurs. So they, this is all new to us. You know, we're just, we don't know what we're doing, but we know we want to create something powerful. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I was there, you know, my mm-hmm. business, I said, was two and a half years old. So I, wow. I know, I know, you know, you start off and I guess my first, Oh, where do I start? Okay, so I always start by doing two things. I mm. will ask my um, people what they think their brand challenge is. And then I say, brand challenge. So talk to me about, yeah, your, your what's your challenge at the moment? What, what, your, what, where, where's, where's business getting difficult for you? Mm. Um, because what's the challenges? And I mean, not, you know, or alternatively, what's the opportunity here? And actually, about it, depending on, you know, where the person is, if they're in maybe a, if the business, depending on where the business is, where the people are, I'll start with either, but I ask both, what's the opportunity and what's the challenge here for you as a business? So you have some sense of that. Cause I think it's really important that you have some sense of that um, mm. before maybe you would work with a strategist of, of my level to work with your brand. It's not to say you don't understand your challenge or opportunity. You, you don't need a brand. But it's probably when I'm where the businesses that I'm working with, they normally have got to a stage where you have been doing stuff at least even six months as an entrepreneur, you've been doing it. So you have a sense of what's working and where your wider opportunities and where you want to go, but also what's holding you back from that. Mm. Um, so that's the first thing I do. And I have got a number of that I work with and whether, and this is the same process, whether it's um, a one woman or man band or you know, a multinational um, client. They're the same effective questions. You know, I might ask, it's different people I'm asking the questions, but it's the same type of question we start with. Mm-hmm. Um, I then, um, what I'll do is then do a, um, some research. I do some stakeholder interviews 
with um, some different groups of people. So I'll always talk to an, um, an organizational business clients or customers, a subset of those. I talk to the staff and then I talk to um, uh, maybe partners as well. Now, mm-hmm. if I'm working with a small um, person micro business, that might mean I talk to six to eight people. If mm-hmm. I'm working with um, a um, multinational business, I might be talking to hundreds of people or even thousands of people through surveys. In fact, probably, um, you know, the size of business I work with, I w- wouldn't necessarily, just as Brad might be talking to tens of thousands of people. I don't really have that capacity, but, um, you know, I might do as a survey. Um, so we get some sense of the perceptions and understanding of your audiences and your different audiences, what they think about the brand. Again, I don't ask them, what, what do you think about the brand? Because no one gives you a meaningful answer. But I'll mm. ask them, you know, what are the strengths and weaknesses of this organization? What does this organization stand for? Mm. Um, what, uh, describe the organization in three words. What's the first thing that comes to mind? These are the kind of questions I'll ask the different audiences. And from there, what that does, and then I also, an audit, um, and I, you know, we, um, I, I say I, but I mean now, because I've actually, you know, I have people that work. Um, with me and for me so we'll do an audit of the brand from the outside so what we'll do we'll look at your brand from the outside inwards so we'll go okay we have a look at whatever you've got out there your materials your websites um your you know your reviews online if you have them your social media presence whatever that is we'll look at that so we and then we put all that together so we look at what your audiences are saying about you and maybe what your staff are saying about you if you have that Mm. we look at what you're putting out there into the world in terms of the brand Mm. Um, and then the final element we look at is your business plan or strategy, if you have one again, which mm. you will have some sense of one, even if it's a business plan you did to get some, your first funding from the bank or, you know, to set up your bank account, they ask you some key questions. We'll look at your business strategy. And then we do a sort of, we look at those three things and how they're working together. So, and we'll always find, linked to your challenge, we'll find things that support your, the opportunity and we'll find some things that work against it. And then what we do, we have a process, therefore, where we work with you. We, work, we start by working with you to develop that brand framework. So as I said, purpose, personality, vision and values. Now, it might be that you have some of those already. You've done some work yourselves as businesses, and that's fine. We start with those and we'll review them. But we work together on that. That's a very collaborative approach. So if anybody looks at social media, you'll say a lot about workshops. Now, workshop, I don't mean that needs to be a workshop of 50, you know, of people in a room it can be I've done those it can equally be one-on-one two of us but workshopping is about getting in putting putting some stimulus together getting the challenge right in front of us and then looking at what this means working together to come up with some solutions working together as in a workshop to develop that first draft brand framework so a first some first some wording and some concepts around your purpose personality vision and values Mm. and then once we've got that we then apply that back again in business. So we'll look at your product offer. We'll look at your, um, if we've got your values, we'll look at what it means for your staff and, and, and that's maybe how you're recruiting people or what you're currently, what the expectation is or your job descriptions. Mm. Um, we'll look at the culture of your organization if it's a bigger organization. We'll look at the partners that you work with. We'll look mm. at the products and, you know, the products and services you deliver against what your clients have said, what your brand says and what you need to do differently. And we'll, we'll ask the question, if this is your brand, so if this is your purpose, if this is your personality, if these are your values, if this is your vision, what do we need to do differently to live up to this? And what are we doing that's working really brilliantly that can help people, you know, help up, drive us towards this? 
And then, you know, I said that the final element of strategy is tangible action. So we come up with action plans around what are we going to do differently and the time frame in which we're going to do them. Um, and so, um, you know, we might say, okay, in the next six months, we're going to do this. By 18 months, we'll do this. In three months, um, we'll do this. In a week's time, we're going to do this. And actions around um, what and framework means for the different areas of the business. Um, and that's it, really. And then, you know, I'll leave my client um, with a good action plan, a really lovely brand framework. Bear in mind, action plan, I didn't mention this. The action plan might be, we need to look at your whole visual identity. Or the action plan might be we need to look at uh, your website and, and what, how your brand is delivered through that. And then if that's the case, if it's design or uh, then, you know, I don't do it, you know, brand by me, we don't do everything. We work with partners. We've selected really brilliant partners that are experts in um, web development or social media or, or design. And we work with our partners, our curated mm -hmm. partners with our clients as well. Um, and there, so you've got your, your action plan. You might have, you know, you, we might have worked with you on the implementation, but then there's a time when we sort of leave our clients to it. We leave them to get on with living the brand, with demonstrating, with implementing it on a day-to-day -day basis. We'll leave them with it. We give them the tools, but we'll leave them with it for a certain amount of time. And then six months down the line, we check in again. How's things going? What's looking, what's working, what isn't? And we might do a little bit of fixing and tweaking around that. We might do the alignment of the strategy we might change priorities. We might look at setting some new goals and objectives. Um, mm. And that's how we work. Mm, interesting. That was really good. Thanks for telling us so much. Really, really good. <laughs> that was a lot. I, I recognize that was, that was a lot. It's quite an in-depth process, but I guess no, that's, that's the point. Brilliant. Around, that's good. Yeah. That's what we want to know. Yeah. That's the point. I think, you know, and when I talked about that level of thinking, you know, we said that, um, I said that there are things you, you can do yourself in the business and some of you can't. When I work, the clients I work with are people that can't do them, this stuff themselves. There mm. are some businesses that can do this. They do this on their own. They do this completely in-house. And that's brilliant. As long as you can do it well, it's absolutely brilliant. It's a very in-depth process. You have the time and capacity mm. and the expertise to do it. Go crack on. If mm. you don't, that's why you'd work with a consultancy like us. Right. Um, if you don't have the time, capacity or expertise to do it, what you really shouldn't do is just muddle through and try and think it's going to fix itself because it will take you ages mm. or it will never, it will never, it will never work. Right. Right. You know, I'm curious, what do you think are, or what have you, know, from your work, from your observations and, you know, as an expert in this area, what do you find are some of the biggest mistakes that new brands make? Like, you know, again, like my audience, um, early stage, um, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, businesses, startups, what do you find are some of the errors they make? as they as they're getting off the ground um i think uh, one of the big things is so yeah there are a couple actually i think one of the things is um maybe starting without some sort of clear strategy mm. so just starting up and just trying stuff and and, and it's not to say i say that hesitantly because it's not that i think you need to have a rigid in-depth 52 page plan that's mm -hmm. a complete waste of time mm -hmm. but even if it's a one pager of this is why we exist this is our vision and here's the, here's the things in the first year we're going to try just having that on a page is useful just some sense of strategy around that um i think one of the other things is not being clear on an audience and again i think starting out trying to reach everybody is just never going to work you mm. might have four audiences that you're trying stuff and then, you know, at the end of your first year or 18 months, you window it down to two or even one. 
but mm. starting just saying, well, it's really about everyone is just not a way to start because you, you are not talking to everybody. You, there will be people that you're best placed to serve and you need to understand who those people are. Mm. And it doesn't mean they need to be a certain demographic or a certain sector. It could be a mindset. It could be my, my target audience are people um, that are set businesses and struggling. Could be that your mindset or, um, you know, charities that want to take to the next level or whatever it is, anything. But at least having a sense of that audience is absolutely key. Um, mm. I think, and this is not an area of expertise of mine at all, but I think not having a clear sense of your numbers. Um, so I got some good advice when I first started business, which is that when you write a business plan, what lots of people do is they put the numbers down and when they, when it doesn't look like they're going to make enough money, they then change the project numbers in the business plan. Don't mm. change the numbers in the business plan. The numbers are what you put them down for a reason. Change yeah. your activity. You don't change mm. the numbers, you do activities. Because mm. those numbers, when you said, oh, the price we want is this, our cost, you know, our cost of this, um, the price we, we're going to do is this, and then it comes out, you're not going to make any money. What you can't do is just, just increase the price point without changing the activities. You've got to change the activities. Um, and um, I guess the final thing, gosh, there's loads of pitfalls, isn't it? I'm not being mm. a negative person because I think mm. it's a brilliant time when you're starting your business. Right. I think the other one is investing in hardwired things you change too quickly. So, because actually you learn a lot in your first kind of stages of business, whether it's your first year, your first three months, first 18 months. And that first year is essential for trying things out and learning what works and what doesn't. And if you've heavily invested in fixed things you can't undo and change, it's really, really hard. Then you're, you're sort of given, um, you're, you're, you're sort of left with a straitjacket in terms of where you might want to go or you're sort of limited your ability to implement your learnings and the growth, the amazing growth that you make in your first year of business. Mm. Um, so there's some of my, there's some of the pitfalls that I see businesses work with. And I know this so well is because I tip frequently, I typically work with businesses, anything from 18 months, three years, seven years, 10 years in, even, you know, 20 years in, and we talk about the mistakes that people make when they first start. And when we were first started, we did this and we learned the hard way. So um, that's where those four things for me have come from. Mm, really, really interesting. Okay, so to close that out then, what, uh, what final words do you have for our listeners who are just starting out? Or, you know, like yourself, you just said your business is only, what, two and a half years old? Right? Um, yes, it is. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. quite, it's quite young. And I mean, obviously this is, this is your area of expertise. So it's a little different for you, but <laughs> I mean, it's still a new business. What words of advice do you have for our listeners who are all new, you know, to business or new in business or just starting out under five years in business? I think my biggest thing is I think there's two things. Mm. One is recognize that investing in your business mm -hmm. is about investing in yourself. Mm. It's about saying to yourself, I believe in this business and I want to make it work in the best way possible. So I'm going to find the people that are great so they can help me do it. Mm. If you, and I think that investment and working out where you need to invest. And then therefore, if you've got to free up money to invest, what you are going to do yourself mm. and being very clear on that and reviewing that over time. So one of my things was when I, the decision to, to make to get my account was one of a big one 
But I was spending ages doing my books every month. And I thought, actually, this is working against me because my, my strength is brand strategy. I can be going out there and finding organizations that can benefit from what I do, or I can spend my time banging my head against the brick wall with my books. And so I quickly invested in, 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 in an accountant, the best did. Likewise, my business coach, invaluable. And I would say get a business coach, but the right business coach that can really add value to your business yeah. is, is a really good investment. That was the thing that step changed my business too, because when you're on your own, you're, you're kind of in this echo chamber of your own thoughts and feelings and, and able to have somebody to look ahead with. Uh, I would say um, definitely, um, probably if you haven't got some help with your brand and you are anything between six to 18 months in, you need to because you've re unless you are a brand agency or person because ultimately you want a brand that sets the expectation of who you are and what you stand for and something that you've you've you know bought off fiverr.com for five dollars or developed yourself with sketches unless again you are a brilliant brand designer is just not going to be fit for purpose um and um so um that would be my other one is make sure one of the investment and I guess the final thing for me is, is look at, you know, make sure that you're clear on your personal brand and how that's different to your business brand and whether that's, whether that is different. Um, sometimes it doesn't need to be, if your business is you, if you're a coach or consultant, your brand might be you. Right. But if you're looking to take on staff or build a team, it's really important that you've got a sense of the brand as opposed to just you, because it will help you bring on people that can help with your brand. Mm, excellent. And that's excellent. Fantastic. Sorry, so, that was loads of these. That no, was loads of them. That was about four. No, please stop. Don't say sorry. I love it. We love it. It's great. It's great. You know, this is this is invaluable. This is useful information. It's it's great to have people in the field who are knowledgeable, who are experts, who are actually providing this service to be able to just offer all these, you know, snippets of wisdom in in under an hour. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is great. <laughs> So where can we find you? Can you uh, tell us your website? I, you know, I've, yeah. always, I've always kind of been in, um, curious about your name as well, Brand By Me. Is that uh, yes. something that you, you came up with intentionally because you wanted to, to say, hey, this is my brand that I'm now developing to help other brands? No, so what no. I mean, it's interesting. People think that. And, I, and Brand By Me, there is an element of um, Brand By Me. So... It, my website is brandbyme.co.uk mm. um, and that's you know you can find me on on, on there um, brand by me was two things I guess it's an understanding that and, and where I've loved so I said to you I was a you know a brand director so worked in-house for organizations not as an agency mm. and when I where the, the brand agencies I loved working with were because they had such unique individuals with their experiences working for them mm. that they were able to pair the brand strategist to the client and they were very different people but it was always a sense that when you got a strategist you got brand by them so if that strategist was so I didn't call my business brand by Colette I called it brand by me mm. because I'm taking on my first employee in January and when people come to us brand by me mm. if it's Danielle working with them they'll get her take on brand strategy if it's mm. colette you'll get my experiences and my skill set if you get one of the designers that i work with you'll get all their skill sets so that's the idea about brand by me it's brand by a unique individual that is going to really help 
because your business and drive it forward. And that's the power of, that's what I've always loved about working with the best brand agencies is that they're able to deploy individuals that are brilliant in their own right, but they come together as this kind of collective. But then the other thing is the idea, so that the idea of being tailored and bespoke and individual to the strategist. But then there's that idea again, you know, there's a bit of a play on words there with stand by me in terms of we, we're in it with you, we work alongside you. So I said that I workshop quite a lot of things. I don't do this to people. I, um, you know, I, I work with my clients and it's really about facilitating them, being side by side with them when working on the brand. And that's what I do. Again, whether it's a one person or it's an organization, I really get under the skin of what they do. So there's that sense of that too. So that's what Brand By Me is all around. Um, oh, I guess okay. a sense of individual bespoke um, stress brand yeah yeah great 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 so where's what's your website where can we find so it? brandbyme.co.uk mm-hmm. or brandby.me will take you directly to our blog mm. and i'm going to do a little push for the blog because the blog is where i you know in the same way we've done in the just under the last hour um that's where i share all of my sort of insights and knowledge i really like writing um, i do a lot of it so there's all sorts of tips and advice and stuff on the blog um, and if you go to the blog, it will ask you if you want to sign up to our brand monthly, monthly action plan. And again, okay. I recommend that because I send out a monthly action for my mailing list. That is basically one thing you can do this month to really step change and grow your um, So yeah, brandby.me if you yeah. want to get to the blog. If you want to find out about how our wider work and how to work with us as a client, brandbyme.co.uk. Brilliant. And I know you're very busy on social media. You've got your Instagram and you've got your yes. Twitter, all brand by me, right? The same so name. They, no, they're actually so. Uh, huh, they are actually at brand by Colette because they're my personal channel channel channels. Oh, um, okay. so at brand by Colette on Twitter and Instagram, and Facebook is um is is Facebook slash brand by me. So okay. I'm at brand by Twitter and Insta and brand by me on Facebook. Right, but if we go to your website, we can and we wanted to contact you or if they wanted to get in contact with you for a service or something, they could just do that via the website. Yeah. Through a and you can even book in directly into my diary to have a call with me. Okay. Um, so um, if people want to do that, that would be awesome. Yeah. And is there anything we can do for you? Um, so no, just thank you for having me on here. It's really mm-hmm. lovely to talk to you and, and congratulations on a hundred amazing podcasts thank you um and just keep doing what you're doing because it's really inspiring seeing what you do on um social media and um you know i'm sure that the people um listening do follow secret birds across social media but if you don't again there's so much inspiration and knowledge from other business owners um so yeah please keep doing what you're doing Yes, thank you. No, it's it's all thanks to the woman. This this platform wouldn't exist without the women, the people that I interview, the people that I talk to. And it's been a great ride indeed. Okay, so final question for you, Colette. What does it mean to you to be rare? A lovely, lovely question. I think for me, being rare is about understanding the specific and unique strengths that you have because we're all different and then just living up to them consistently. Mm. 
Wow, I like that. So, and living up to them consistently. I like that. Yeah. Consistently is key. That's the yeah. key word here. Yeah. Yeah. Not, you yeah can't because I don't think you about. can be rare mm. if, you're, if, you, if you've got unique strengths and you're not delivering them, well, that's nothing. So mm. I think you can't be rare unless you're actually living those unique, distinct strengths that only you have mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis. And take the time to figure out what they are, right? Exactly Focus on that. that yeah. And- and make that your goal. You know, 2019 is coming up. I know a lot of people aren't into resolutions and all this crazy stuff. But, you know, maybe in 2019, that's something you can focus on. What is it that makes yeah, you I, me? Because it really transforms your life. What's my unique strength or my unique skill? And when you figure that out, play up to it and own it consistently. I love that. Very much. So. Yes. Yeah, very much. Well, thank you so much for those final words. And thank you again for all your tiny morsels of wisdom. I'm definitely going to be, I've I've been writing down notes. I'm definitely going to be looking back at my notes and, and looking at my own little strategy as well. I mean, I do have a, um, a business consultant, but for me, these podcasts are like my MBA. (laughs) I feel like I've done an MBA. No, seriously, because there's so much information that I, I've just, I've just got in my head. I feel um, a bit overwhelmed. I feel like I've got to just step away and process everything. You know, it's one of those things. But it's been yeah, I think so. That's been gold. Thank you so much. Yes, and I encourage you to do your own podcast. I encourage everyone to start podcasting. I think it's incredible once you start podcasting. How um, I don't know. You just you just get addicted to it. It's really cool. Would you ever do a podcast yourself, Colette? Ah, uh, never say never. Because yeah. I don't to do that because I don't know where things will take me. Yeah. It's not on my priority list at the moment because I think there are any number of great podcasts out there. There are. How I would add value of my own, but I love speaking on other people's podcasts. I know. Um, I've I know. done this is my third one I've done this year, so I really love speaking on podcasts, and I'm very happy to talk on other people's. Um, but I can't quite see how I would add value adding to my own at this stage, but never yeah, say never, who knows? That's the thing. I, for me, it's, it's all, it's always been about, about the learning and the inspiration and sharing other people's stories. And that's why these interviews are just so yeah. special to me. So once again, thank you so much. And I wish you all the success in 2019, which is only what, 23 days away, 24 days away. Can you believe it? It's almost over. I cannot believe it. It's almost <laughs> over. Well, Thank to, you. you know, to the listeners, this is the 100th and final podcast. So I will be signing off and I guess you'll be hearing from me again sometime soon <laughs> in the new year. And thank you again, Colette, for all of your branding knowledge. I hope all of you have learned something because I know I have. And until next time, happy end of the year. Happy new year when it does arrive. And bye for now.